Well, good morning. What a glorious morning we're having this morning. And look at all those dirks out there. Even from Kansas City. We're glad to have you all here. We got a special day, a very special day, as we celebrate our 150th anniversary again on this Sunday. We have a very special guest. And I know when I was praying with her earlier, she, she's modest. And uh, we have the Reverend Dr. Karen Nelson with us today. Let's give her a warm, warm welcome. And uh, we're going to start a little bit different this morning. We're going to start out by singing one of those favorite hymns. We're going to do the first stanza of um, the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And we want to hear you sing this. After that, we'll be uh, looking at the video, the anniversary video that was showed in Iowa City. Thanks to all the people who helped put that together. It was shared at the Synodical Annual Conference. And then following that... Uh, Pastor Karen and I will give thanksgiving at the baptismal font. So let's hear your voices. I know it's before the 9 o'clock hour, but uh, let's hear you. Wayne Zion Lutheran Church, often called the Church Amongst the Cornfields, is located in Wayne Township of Jones County in rural Monticello, Iowa. The congregation is celebrating 150 years of growth in faith, worship, and praise, yet our purpose to serve Christ remains the same. We remain one in Christ yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Sixteen families of the Lutheran faith bonded together on June 1, 1872 to organize Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church, later to become known as Wayne Zion due to its location in Wayne Township. 811 baptized members continue to provide the strong faith basis for the mission of our church, sharing the good news through Jesus Christ. That a foundation of Lutheran ministry has prevailed to the present is a tribute to the vision and faith of our ancestors. The first house of worship was a single 28 by 48 structure dedicated in 1873. In 1927, both a new school and parsonage were added. 
1964, ground was broken for the new church, which continues to provide for our congregation today. Long-standing traditions at Wayne Zion reflect service to others through our weekly radio broadcasts, Harvest Festival each year, and Social Concerns Outreach. Over the past 150 years, 12 pastors have provided ministry, guidance, and leadership for the congregation. Many improvements have continued to make Wayne Zion the church community it is today. Pastor Wade Reddy has led our congregation for the past seven years. His genuine ability to relate to both young and old has helped us grow in faith and service. He has promoted the practice of opening a mission investment fund for each baptized child. Wayne Zion's ministries have served its members, local communities, and global mission projects, which are rooted and anchored in the Word of God, the sacraments, the cross of Christ, and fellowship with one another. As the next 25 years go by, and life at Wayne Zion continues to grow and change, it can be remembered and celebrated that we are always one in Christ, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. To God be all honor and glory. On this anniversary Sunday, let us give thanksgiving for the gift of baptism. And so uh, you'll find this on page 71. We're going to use Roman numeral 5 liturgy. If you want to go ahead and grab them. Holy God, holy and merciful, holy and mighty, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. You are the fire of rebirth. Glory to you for the oceans, the lakes, for the rivers and streams. Honor to you for cloud and rain, for dew and snow, for waters are below us around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the foundation of resurrection. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survive the flood. Hagar discovers your well. The Israelites escape through the sea and they drink from the gushing rock. Naaman washes his leprosy away and the Samaritan women will never thirst again. At this font, holy God, we pray and praise you for the water of baptism and for your word that saves us in this water. Breathe your spirit into all who gather here and into all of creation. Illumine our days alive in our bones, dry our tears and wash away the sin within us and drown the evil around us. Satisfy all who thirst in your living water. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us sing our gathering song, My Faith Looks Up to Thee.
Are you are you a lifelong member? Yes, I am. I've been here since I was ever since I came into this world. Okay. No. Um, what do you remember about the building, the old church building? It was a nice place. It was uh, not big enough. I was, we were um, deacons in that church. Plenty Reckles and I were at that time. Okay. What are your most vivid memories of the old church and growing up and coming to church there? Ringing the bells with the rope was quite, a, quite an event. You know, the, the bells tower would take you up if you didn't hang up. You hung on the rope. <laughs> right up. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the church moved over to this building um, during that period of time when they were talking about that. What do you remember about that? Well, I was on the church council at that time. And it was quite a bit of a hassle to get moved. A lot of work. Deciding where you're going to put the church. And mm -hmm. Tearing the other thing down. Let's see. Is there anything you miss about the old building? Not really. I, we're always kind of proud of this building. It's, it's pretty... It's got a handicapped accessible and everybody, we seem to have enough money and we get a lot of patrons come out here because they, it's a good place to come. So. Um, what things are there about Wayne Zion that make it special? Well, I always tell everybody it's a church in the middle of a cornfield. And if you met someone who was looking for a place to go to church, what would you tell them about this place? I told them we got room for more. So. Your memories and so forth. So are both of you lifelong members? Of no, just me. Oh. So Carol, what would you say are some of, some of your earliest memories? What do you remember from, you know, from way back when you first... <coughs> well, I, I remember Pastor Karen. He was a very kind, gentle person. And I had him, well, he was, I, he baptized me, confirmed me, and then he died just before we were married. So we, then we had Pastor Zinsiger. He was here five years. Started here, he was here five years. Okay. And, um, like, when we were confirmed, um, we had to, go up in front of the church, the whole class, and had examination the Sunday before confirmation. And, oh, you know, you were just scared to death of that. <coughs> but when you got up there, Pastor Karen would say, oh, just relax, it's going to be fine. And then he would ask you a question and he would say, now, Carol, I know you know this. And then he would ask the question and uh, and then if, if we didn't get it quite right he would elaborate on it so he was just he was just so kind mm -hmm. and he always liked to be out with the when he'd be out there with his camera taking pictures and laughing and and um, had sack races and stuff like that mm -hmm. And Glenn, do you remember what year you first started going to Wayne Zion? Yeah, we were married in 1959. I remember the old church in the winter time on a cold day when the wind was from the northwest. The people huddled in a little group on the south side of the church because mm -hmm. it was chilly. Cold. Uh, and I do remember I was an usher over there in the old church, and our son Lee was a baby. Carol sat with the bat in the back pew with him, 
and I was ushering that morning and we got to the back pew I handed Carol the plate or she was holding the baby and we dropped a plate full of coins on the hardwood floor and well, she laid, laid, you know, we were just young kids, dumb. Carol, Carol laid the baby down and we got down on the floor and crawled around and picked up all them coins and it was the, the, the offering that day was probably three-fourths coins. Um, Carol, what can you tell me about your, like, your early days in Sunday school? What was Sunday school like at the... The church. Well, you all met in the church and then uh, uh, had an opening, and then you kind of went in pews and uh, had a teacher, and just we didn't have rooms to go to, just in pews. Pastor, Gil Pastor Gilbertson was uh, when he was got settled here. The old church was still over there, but we moved over here and that is when he came and we did the common cup. And he said when they wanted to go to individuals, he said I will do one or the other but not both of them. That was the way he solved because there were a lot of people didn't want to give up the common cup. Uh, okay. But we had uh, Quite a few old guys with mustaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's enough said. Carol, how about you? What do you remember about um, church services when you were when you were a child? My grandpa was a deacon. What they called there was, they there was uh, uh, council members. They had three deacons. At that time, the the deacons sat in the front front pew. Sievert Severson was one of them with Grandpa. I don't remember the other one, but uh, Sievert would have a pocket watch, and when he thought Pastor Karen was getting too long, he'd get his pocket watch out and show. <laughs> I am guessing. That I was on the church council, and I'm guessing that there was probably some money from the chicken suppers or something, and they decided to to raise funds for the for the church, and and uh, we started with a corn in gathering in the fall, and you brought a wagon load of corn. Uh, then, it, then we got to where we had combines. And so what we did was set up a Sunday when you could bring shell corn. And we had somebody's trucks. I remember one Sunday we gathered shell corn and we had five semis out here. So that's 5,000 bushel. And one Sunday we went to a manor and had dinner there and we all went in our old fashioned clothes and stuff and it was in the winter time. I don't know where he got, well Esther was um, a teacher and they 
had a room with all these clothes to, that some people used and hats and stuff. And he had a big fur coat that he wore that Sunday. Let's give a round of applause for our interviewee. Isn't that just awesome? Wow, this is a fun Sunday. Well, we continue our service with the greeting in the Kyrie and 98 in the front of your hymnal. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and all for who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'll turn it to you, Pastor Karen, for the prayer of the day. I invite you to join me the prayer, to the prayer of the day. Let's pray together. Oh God, you have promised through your Son to be with your church forever. We give you thanks for those who founded this community of believers and for the signs of your presence in our congregation. Increase in us the spirit of faith and love and make our fellowship an example to all believers and to all nations. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Um, so, Pauline, I'd like to start with you, and you brought a bunch of stuff today to talk about. Can you kind of run through the, the things that you brought? This is from your early days. Well, this is from my confirmation days. I uh, was confirmed by Reverend Karen. I was in his first confirmation class when he came from Bellevue, and before that I had gone to Bible school with uh, Reverend Wilms in Sunday school. But one thing about it, we only had to go to church every other Sunday because one Sunday was English, the next Sunday would be German. So that Sunday we wouldn't have to stay for church. We could run home. And we lived close enough to church to, to go home because we just lived around the corner, uh, down the road. Okay, but when, it, when you get confirmed, uh, you get some presents. And these presents are very, very important. This is a Bible. You, you give an invitation to your sponsors. And, and he gave me $10. And Reverend Karen ordered my Bible. And it's had some good use. And what year was that Bible 19, printed? I don't know when the Bible was printed. It's a St. James Virgin. I still like the St. James Virgin. Well, I can't find it in store now. <laughs> anyway, and, and we didn't have hymnals in the pews like we do now. You had to buy your own hymnal, and that was another gift you always got. And this I got from my parents. It has my name, it's got Palm Sunday, April 2nd, 1939. That's the year I was confirmed. And, and uh, very, very important to have that. 
And when we were married, we were married by Reverend Karen in 1950. And I have my Lutheran prayer book from, from that. And he has wrote a nice little verse in there for me. And that's had some good news too. And now I can go back to my baptism. At that time, this is 1926, uh, it's still in German. And my name is spelled Tobiasen, T-O-B-I-A-S-S-E-N, because that's the way the original immigrants all spelled Tobiasen. Later on, one of the bankers changed it to S-O-N because he thought he wanted it more American, more English than German. But this is by Reverend Will. Okay. Um, George, I'm going to switch over to you. Then, what are there any? Um, are you a lifelong member of this church? Yes. Yes. Okay. What are some of your earliest memories of uh, of Wayne Zion? Well, I didn't have a lot of to do with Reverend Will because I was kind of young and did attend some Sunday school, like Pauline said, every other Sunday. And lots of times we'd walk; it wasn't too far, and we would hurry out to the road and catch a ride. <laughs> people going to Scottsville and so forth. Okay. The thing, uh, when Garen's here, people had to milk the cow sometimes. He had a cow and we just had to be taken care of it. I never did milk, but I did get, get to help clean out the barn. And some of the older kids had to milk the cow. And uh, before then, the thing I remember about Williams is he had chickens. He didn't have a cow, but he had chickens. And it was quite common for the farmers all to have a fox chicken. And during the Depression, it also was quite common to have people have their chickens stolen. And, and it happened more than once to Reverend Wilms, because it was kind of convenient. They'd pull off the road up the lane and help themselves to the chickens. <laughs> so he wasn't immune either. You wouldn't think so. Don, I'm going to ask you about what do you remember about the old building? Well, I was I, I wasn't a member here until we got until Cliff and I got married. You told me that. And uh, the one thing I remember, I don't know. Somebody told me don't talk about anyone in the church because they're all related. <laughs> and I soon found out that was true. <laughs> so I was careful. But when Kent and Kelly got married and, and started coming to church here, I told her the same thing. Probably still and of true. Course, now there, there are a lot of them that aren't related like it was at that time. Now, that's the thing I remember the most about this. Um, and let's see, Ruth, were you an original member here? No, uh, Donna and I are immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We brought some new blood to Wayne Township, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> All right. What do you remember about the? We old got married in '51, and. Uh, when was this built? 72. No. 68. Yes. I am a immigrated from St. Peter and Paul's. And um, I was always impressed with the people that came to church when we were dating. Why I'd come to church with Willis once in a while. And, and uh, there's so many people, and uh, uh, we have just had that little church. And like Neva said, well, church was longer today because we had a baptism. <laughs> we had a baptism. That's just the difference in the two congregations. But it was uh, uh, fun 
at Luther League time, when when we were growing up, we knew we had to do go to church and Sunday school and Luther League yeah. and 4-H. Well, Reverend Karen was there. We had quite a large group in our Luther League. Yeah. Many members. We need to give them another round of applause. Isn't that just awesome? It's so fun. Uh, I had asked Pete if he would take on this project and interview our seniors, and he said, Pastor, no problem. Be glad to do it. Pete, you've just done a wonderful job. I know Dale and Byron and Kathy are behind the scenes too, but just absolutely wonderful. Let me share our first reading for this Sunday. It comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will uh, be revealed with him in glory. But put to death, therefore, whatever you... Uh, what, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewing there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scytherian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with our gospel acclamation. You'll find this on the page. Well, Pastor can't find it. So here it is, page 632. Hymn 632. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell me, my brother, to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care. Be your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. 
The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there, will be, there, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have the ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Wow, it's good to be here with all of you. I'm loving the videos because up there I see some Sunday school teachers of mine, Luther League leaders, neighbors, 4-H leaders. It's great to be with you today. Thank you, church, for inviting me to, to come back and celebrate with you. And thank you, Pastor Wade, for sharing the pulpit with me. I don't think I was ever allowed in here before. <laughs> kind of liking this. I want to go back to the um, epistle lesson that was read. Back to what um, the Apostle Paul said to the Colossian church. He started out this way. He said, so if you have been raised with Christ, I was raised with Christ here. He goes on to say, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I was encouraged to seek things that are above here. And then it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. My mind was set on things above, in this place. Thank you, church, for 150 years, and congratulations for faithful service to the Lord. You know, 150 years, and I have been a part of that for 65 years, and I have proof. I'll show you. I have a bulletin here. November 18, 1956. Reverend Karen was the pastor. Doreen Streeper was the organist. And this is what it says in that bulletin. Parents rejoice over the birth of their infant daughter. A daughter, Karen Sue, was born to Gerald and Betty Dirks at the John McDonald Hospital, Sunday, November 11, 1956. Mother and child are doing fine. Congratulations to the happy family. I want to read the first part of that again just for my brothers. <laughs> Parents rejoice over the birth of their only, no, infant, daughter. They may have rejoiced over you. I don't have your bulletins. You'll have to find that yourself. And then four weeks later, December 9th, 1956. My mom kept good records. It was fun to find this stuff. Again, um, Reverend Karen, the pastor. Doreen's still at the organ. And it says, um, write that name they ha we have given in the book of life. Karen Sue Dirks, gives my birth date, was, um, re received the rite of holy baptism on Friday, December 7th, 1956. Godparents, Merle and Etta Dirks. So I have to talk at a Friday. Why was that on a Friday? We'll have to find out a little bit more about that. 
And then I have my confirmation Bible, Pauline. I have mine too. This is from Palm Sunday, April 4th, 1971. This was given to me by my sponsors, Merle and Etta. It's had some, some um, wear and tear on that. So I have that with me. And then I also have from the Express the picture from our wedding day, and it's one of my favorite wedding pictures um, because this is outside the church with all the flags. We were married on Memorial Day weekend, so all the flags up behind. Um, absolutely love that picture. That is from, um, we were married on May 28, 1978. And you know, since then, we have come back for family baptisms and confirmations and weddings and burials. All in this place. Oh, and by the way, someday I will be buried. Lot 278. <laughs> plot 5 or 6, whoever goes first. <laughs> Thank you, church, for your careful and faithful care for me and my family for generations. You know, in Paul's letter that he wrote to the Colossians, it was probably written about 60 AD. And it started out, that third chapter starts out with this. He says, if you have been raised with Christ. Now he probably didn't mean that statement the way I used it. I confess I took some liberties there, Wade, but I think I'm going to redeem myself, okay? Paul wasn't talking about being raised in Christ as in brought up with knowing Christ. That's not what he was talking about. In the previous chapter, in chapter 2, he was talking about baptism. And this is what he says there. He says, when you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Paul uses that language of dying to our old selves and being raised to new life when he was talking about baptism. That's what he was talking about when he said raised to life with Christ. You know, for, for those of us that are lifelong followers of Jesus Christ, we know that this journey of faith takes a lifetime. It is a lifetime journey. We are never done. We are never done learn, learning. We are never done growing in the likeness of Christ. We never retire from this journey. It's a life-to-death journey, or maybe we could say a birth-to-death journey. But Paul takes a little bit of a twist here, and he calls it a death-to-life journey. That death of dying to yourself continually, dying to our sinful nature, and continually being raised in Christ. Now I don't know about you, but I know that to be true in my own life. That old nature, some of those things that are even in that list in Colossians, things like greed and anger and slander, they still pop up in my life every once and again. Anybody else relate to that or is it just me? You okay? Y'all there with me? And you know, when I recognize that in my life, I have to say to myself, that's got to go. That's got to die again. Growing in Christ is a lifelong journey and a journey that began for me here. You know, knowing that I was coming to celebrate with you, I've spent some time reflecting on things that I learned and experienced here. How this place and many of you have shaped my faith. I'm wondering if you found yourself doing that 
Have you taken some time in this season of celebration to reflect on your own life of faith and how being a part of this faith community has shaped you? That's one of the reasons, the important reasons for celebrations like this. It causes us to pause and look back, remember, rejoice, and sometimes reclaim our journey of faith. So here are a couple of things that, that came to my mind, a couple of things that I have reflected on. It's a couple of questions that have been asked in my faith journey over and over again. Often these questions came in connection with my path into ministry. These questions were asked by people, by committees, by board of ordination, by congregations that I have served. The questions go something like this. The first one is always something about, um, when did you answer Jesus' call to follow him? Or maybe they said it like, when did you become a Christian? Or when did you accept Christ into your life? Now that may have been because this Lutheran girl was going into the Methodist church and they were suspect of me, I'm not sure. But they just kept wanting to know if I was the real deal. The other question they always would ask is, what was my call to ministry? That first question was really the toughest one for me. And that's because of you, in a good way. Tell us about your decision to follow Jesus, they would ask me. The reason that was so hard for me is I don't ever remember not following Jesus. And I would say that. I don't remember a time when I didn't know that I was loved by God. I don't remember a time that I didn't love Jesus. You taught me that. You told me that Jesus loved me, and I believed you, and I still do. People have asked you that question? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I know for people who didn't grow up like I did in a church like this, surrounded by people like you, that for some of them that question is more obvious because they know a date, a place, a time. I didn't, I just knew this, and I knew you. I saw what it meant to live a life of faith. I saw the way you worked together in the church. Those harvest festivals, the ice cream socials, Sunday school, VBS, serving on committees. I remember how you taught us and how you modeled what it meant to live a life of faith. But it wasn't just here in church, I saw it in other places too. I saw it in your businesses in town. I saw it in school and on the school buses. I saw it in 4-H. I saw it at the Great Jones County Fair. I saw you living out your faith day after day. Were you perfect? I don't know. I was young. Probably not. But I do know this. I wasn't perfect either. And I also remember your grace and forgiveness as I was growing up. And I've tried to model my own life after your example. And as I have looked back over the years and those questions that they kept asking me, I realized that there was a time when your faith, the faith of the pastors in this congregation, the faith of my parents, the faith of my mentors became my own. I was able to realize when that was. For me it was Sunday, April 4th, 1971. 
The Sunday I affirmed my faith. The Sunday that I was confirmed. Now I knew the confirmation drill here because I'd seen it every year. Every Palm Sunday growing up, white robes, red carnations. Is that still the drill here? Oh man. Um, some of you are in those pictures with me. Um, but anyway, I, I remembered that so I knew what to expect. I knew we were going to come up front. Um, we had a few questions, but not, not like the questions that, that others had. But there were a few questions to answer. But here was the thing that, that always worried me. We had a confirmation verse, and, and Pastor Gilbertson <clears throat> confirmed me, and he wanted us to memorize our confirmation verse so that when we stood up in front of the congregation that we were able to, to say our verse. And that made me nervous. I did not want to mess that up. So I searched the Bible for the perfect verse. Not the perfect verse theologically or anything like that, but the verse I could remember. And I found one. It was seven words. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. See, I still got it. I nailed it that day. I was so excited about that. And I knew what to expect that day. As a matter of fact, I stood about right down there. What I didn't know is how that was going to impact me. Because I knew what the questions were going to be and I knew my answer would be yes, yes, yes. But I didn't know that I was going to answer that with my heart. Something happened inside of me that day. Now John Wesley, the founder of, of Methodism, would say my heart was strangely warmed. But I believed what was said here. And I believed the way I answered it. And I truly did affirm my faith at that time. You know, I never realized how, how deeply that verse that I memorized settled into my soul. Until about 25 years later when I was in seminary. One of the classes I took was called Content of the Bible. And the text was a Bible. And the class discussion was discussing the context of the Bible every day in class. And I knew that the grade for that class was resting on one comprehensive essay at the end of the class. Now that made me nervous because I thought, you know, of all the classes I take in seminary, the one I want to do well in is content of the Bible. I didn't know if anybody would see my transcripts, but I thought if they did, that needs to look good. So I was so nervous about that test, and, and I remember walking into class the final test day and picking up that, that test sheet, and there was one question on the test. Now that's good or bad. It's good if you know it. It's bad if you don't. And I, I looked at that question and I still remember what it said. It said pick one verse from the Bible that best summarizes the whole thing for you and support your answer. And I froze. I couldn't think of any. You guys, there's a lot of verses in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. I didn't count them, but if you want to fact check to me, you could count them. Okay? I could not think of one until I did. And do you know what verse came to my mind? 1 John 4.19 We love because he first loves us. Loved us. And I was able to support my answer because I learned it here. I learned it here. I also believe that my call to ministry came here although I didn't realize it at that time and I didn't realize it for a long time. I only knew I loved the church. And I loved being in the church. Any chance I could, I loved being in the church. I think some of that might have come from coming with Aunt Etta on Saturdays to clean the church and being in this beautiful space. Just the two of us. I still like a clean church, Etta. 
I still like a clean church. My first sermon was also here. Esther Gilbertson, our pastor's wife, my Sunday school teacher, my speech teacher, my drama coach, encouraged and helped me prepare a message. I don't remember the, the reason. I don't remember why I did it, but, but she helped me with that. And I got to give my first sermon. I think it was over there. I wasn't allowed here, remember? I was over there. <laughs> this is what I remember about that. Um, I got paid. I don't know why I got paid, but I got a check for $25. And I was so excited about that. I was kind of waving that around when I got home, thinking of what I was going to do with my $25 until Dad said to me, you know what you're going to do with that? And I was thinking a few things, and he said, you're going to put your name on the back of that, and you're going to drop it back in the plate next Sunday. That wasn't one of my options. <laughs> And I remember him saying to me, we don't take from the church, we give. We give. You know, I laughed because when I got um, the letter of invitation to come here, there was a line in there that, that said there would be a gift. And I thought, oh yeah, you would do that to me again, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> I can't take that way. Jesus might as well drop that in the plate. Because Dad would have none of that. Those are a few of my memories and thoughts of the 65 years that I have journeyed with you, even if it's been from a distance. And I journey forever grateful for the foundation of faith that you laid in my life that allowed me to build a life that I could serve Christ in. Last week, I, I got a hold of one of my Lutheran pastor friends who serves in a church in Cedar Falls. And I said, hey, can I borrow a hymnal? Because I want to look over that baptism service and that confirmation, affirmation service once again. I wanted to look at those promises that were made on my behalf. I wanted to look those words over. Those words that were said um, when I was baptized. Wade, thank you for starting here at the baptismal font. Because there were words that said something like, the congregation, you promised to support me in my life in Christ. And you did that. And, and Etta, one of your promises as my sponsors, um, you fulfilled too because you and Merle did nurture me in the Christian faith and helped me live in covenant of baptism and in communion of the church. Thank you for doing that. And my favorite line in this service is the line, I think it's kind of towards the end of the service, it says, Child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever forever. You know, I don't pretend to understand all the mystery of God and the mystery of God's grace. But I believe that that was true. That that Friday that I was baptized, that I was marked with the mark of Christ, the cross, forever. So church, this is what I have to say to you. Don't quit doing what you've been doing for 150 years. Don't stop following Jesus. Don't stop growing in your faith. Don't stop setting your mind on things above. Don't stop supporting and encouraging one another. And don't stop raising future generations in Christ. Thank you for all you've done. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of the day, Beautiful Savior, 838, stanza one.
Let's move over to Canton, Maryland. And um, are you lifelong members of the church here? Yeah, both of you. Okay. Um, did you have like a favorite pastor? Any pastors that you remember who were significant to you in one way or another? I I, uh, I always liked Reverend Karen. He was always so gently. And of course, went to confirmation school in an old schoolhouse back here. And um, and we walked. I think we went every Saturday until uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We had long sessions, but um, he was always always good, always jolly, and made us always feel good, whether we knew our lesson or not. <laughs> but um, then uh, I can remember we used to have big chicken suppers, and Mother used to come and cook chicken all afternoon, and, and I'd come along, and some other children would come along too because their parents were working and then we'd play and um, I think we used to have some Sunday school picnics too. Oh yes. Yeah, big big Sunday school picnics. Yeah. I was going to ask all of you about that, the parsonage, any memories that you might have about about the building over there. And Reverend Karen had his office and on when you started taking communion you had to go announce the day before, so scared the death out of me the first few times they had to do that. And we didn't have janitors like we do now. Uh, the Bible school kids and the Sunday school, not the Sunday school, but the confirmation kids, they had to sweep the church. And we had to sometimes wash windows and, and, and even trim around the stones in the cemetery. So during our recess, we had to do some work. For Wilms. <laughs> then we had vacation Bible school. That would be right after school. That on two weeks. Of that was two weeks. School. Yeah. What so. did you uh, when you knew that the new church was going to be built? And it was going to be very different from the old one. Did you have any feelings of sadness about anything particular that you loved about the old church that you knew was not going to be be around anymore, or just a I think we're all glad to see the new one. Except more excitement that way. Yeah, no steps. Except no steps, yeah. Except for HWG. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I worked in the hospital, one lady who was a patient there said, when I get out of here, I'm going to that church because they have no steps. The only church around, she said, that yeah. didn't have steps. And so I thought about it, and all the ones in town had steps, you know. And, and I thought, yeah, I guess it's the only one without steps. Mm -hmm. Week after then week. But. I crawled up the steps at Sacred Heart for somebody's funeral once, and we were going that early. And got up at the top, and it was Pete Souser. And uh, I said, boy, they sure didn't think about getting old, old people when they built this church with all these steps. And... and uh, pizzas. Oh, nobody lived long enough to care. <laughs> well, I remember the women always sat on one side and the men always sat on the other side. Yes. Kenny, if, uh, you know, I know Doreen isn't here, but if she were able to be sitting here with us today, 
what can you think of anything she would want to say or memories she's had as an organist? I mean, she was such a huge part. Oh yeah, I don't know, but I. Wayne and when did she start? About when she was about 13, what, 14, yeah, 13, 13, 14, 14 or 14. Years old. Mm -hmm. And she, she said they ever she, missed a Sunday. Yeah, she didn't ever get to go to stale night stayovers with her girlfriends because she had to get up early and play the organ, play the organ at church. So she didn't get to go to those mm -hmm. overnights. Well, the U.S. Oh, I can tell you another story, Reverend Wells. He um, he he collected money. You know, World War. This is World War One. They took the church bells and made it into uh, ammunition. Oh. So the church in Repsol, Germany, uh, didn't have bells. So when he went to visit there, he found that out. So he came back and he, he collected money from this congregation to buy and replace the bells in Germany. <laughs> he helped people come from Germany during that Nazi period here. And, and one of them was Ernest Thailand, he became a minister. Another one was John Rent. He, be, he, became, he helped these guys go to seminary school. He, he would pay their passage over here, and then he would do that. He didn't have any children of his own, but he did that. Oh, the stained glass windows of the old church had some nice stained glass windows, and for a long time they were just laying on the floor in the attic at the parsonage. And then finally they, someone found out that the house on the rock would, would take them. And so they, they've got something there in the House of the Rock. Should be a picture. In yeah, it should be a picture. That, oh, here. Here's a picture of Mother Nature's setback. Here it is. Another round of applause for our interviewees. Wow. What a treat, what a special morning it is to listen in of all these wonderful stories. Well, if you'll join with me, and I will ask you to rise as we share our affirmation of our faith that's found in the Apostles' Creed on page 105 in the front of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's extraordinary love, let us come near to the Holy One in prayer. O oh God, you are wholeness. Where there is division in your church, bring reconciliation and healing. Guide the work of theologians and Sunday school teachers and seminary professors and all who provide instruction for building up your church. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are the source of all life. Where creation cries out in distress, bring relief and renewal. Bless farmers and distributors and all who provide for our food. Nourish the land and all of its inhabitants. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are wisdom. 
where nations and communities yearn for peace, bring justice, strengthening those who toil with the welfare of others, especially military personnel and the sons of this congregation whom we lift forward to you, Ben and David, Trevor and Dustin, for our police and first responders and for healing the nations. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, you are life. Where your people are overwhelmed with the busyness of life, bring encouragement, accompany all who experience emotional, mental, and physical distress. We pray especially for your healing mercies upon Jenny Boken, Bill's sister-in-law, for Bill L. Boken, Teresa, Niall, Lois, Henry, Kalinda, Chase, Gwen, Sandy, Lucille, and others known unto you. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are love. Bless Parker and Ashley and their love for one another, and may their marriage be a blessing to all whom they encounter. Let your love be a seal upon their hearts, a mantle on their shoulders, and a crown upon their foreheads. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are resurrection. We give you thanks for your saints, especially Leroy Peterson, Kelly Heron's father, who was laid to rest yesterday. Surround Kelly and all the family of Leroy and inspire us by their example of faithful living to set our minds on the things above and to be rich in love toward you. Lord, in your mercy. Receive the prayers of your children, merciful God, and hold us forever in your steadfast love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. This morning we receive our offering, and as we do, I invite the youth to come forward for the noisy coin offering. And I have to say thank you, congregation and church. You're making a difference. This is a, an offering that's going to go to LSI. And I just talked to the representative who will be here on September 25th to receive this offering and take it back to Waverly, Iowa to the uh, home for kids.
eyes. Let us sing, We Praise You, O God. Blessed you, O holy God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite the congregation to please rise. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Here with Paul, when did you first join Wayne Zion? <clears throat> well, we, we joined, my family joined uh, Wayne Zion in, I think it was 1968. We just, prior to the time that Harvey Gilbertson came, or about the same time that Harvey Gilbertson came. And what we, uh, kept you coming back to Wayne? What was it about Wayne, Paul, that... Well. I don't know if I can pin anything down too much that uh, we when we came here a couple but anyway it seemed like the people were quite friendly and one thing I did know is Ralph Hoosman was a good friend of mine and Ralph and Doris and us were together quite not a lot but different times. Well let's move on to the Harmses. Can you talk about your early... We gotta start with him. Okay. <laughs> So when did you first come to Wayne Zion? And well, it was a little different. It was 1933 I was born. Okay. Wayne. My folks was Ed and Mark the Harms. Ed was my dad. He was the first one that I knew that was started here at Wayne. Zena, what were your first impressions of, of Wayne Zion when you first started coming here? Well, it wasn't as big as my church. Mm -hmm. I mean, our church was much bigger inside. Um, Rex, why don't you, can you talk a little bit about your early days and, and what you remember? Well, I was like Galen. I was born, confirmed, uh, uh, baptized her by Reverend Holmes, confirmed by Reverend Karen. I was looking through our books and stuff just recently. I thought it was rather odd that we were confirmed 
in his 75th year anniversary of this church. We were in that confirmation class here, Marilyn Streeper, Galen, myself, still all members of this church. I took a little hideous for a while. I, I got married and I was, went to my wife's church and we came back last year to Wayne. But uh, there's, there's so many members of this church. I can remember when the chicken supper used to draw a thousand people out of Monticello without a doubt. The older German ladies at that time, they would get up at five, six o'clock in the morning, they would boil potatoes, they would fry chicken, everything was all homemade. And the people from town would come, they'd line up out here, and we'd, they'd feed them in shifts in the old church down the basement. Mm -hmm. Many people were served in that, that basement. That was one of the members I always had. Okay. Of course, there's a lot of various memories of when, like Reverend Karen, you know, he had a couple cows and I used to milk them for him whenever they, whenever he needed milk. The <laughs> Galen did that too. We and we'd separate down the basement with Reverend Karen, and he was. And he had an old 51 Plymouth, and he, every time he went by our place, if there were people. All right, well, let's move over to Virgil. You can talk a little bit about your early days here and what you remember. I've been a member since uh, <clears throat> since I was born, because born in this area, so. And Reverend Karen, remember him, and in the uh, horse barn or the house. <laughs> I knew that place pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. But, uh, yeah, I remember uh, having the baptism in the house. I don't quite remember that. I'm close. You do remember that. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> I was on the board for when they built the church, and I think the two or four years before that, but. It was really interesting. We had some good people. We had Pastor Warcoats. He was really good when we built the church. I mean, he was he was on top of everything, and uh, it was quite an experience. All right, Geraldine, what's uh, you? Well, you know, I've been trying to figure it out. I think we probably. My dad bought a farm in Anamosa probably around 1938 or 1939, and that's when we came back to this church because I was confirmed in 1942, and at that time everybody who got confirmed always got a hymnal. So I still have my hymnal, hmm. and Reverend Karen was the minister, and at then we called them reverends, now we call them pastors. That's right. I don't know when that happened, but Reverend Karen did have uh, services in German, and I think it was once a month because my mother always. It was something. It, it was, yeah, my mom always. It was limited, to, but it was. My mom always wanted to come to the yeah. German services, and uh, we had uh, confirmation classes back then. We called it Saturday school. Did you call it Saturday school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, and it was the old schoolhouse, which is out in Amber now. That's in Amber. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's we had our confirmation class. Well, Eddie, you told me that you joined the church basically because of Merle. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your memories of, of your early days at Wayne Zion? What, what struck you about it or what do you remember? The first time that Merle invited me to go to church with him, he said, you know, didn't talk much about it, but after we sat down, he said, now don't be surprised when the church starts. And I said, like, what? Well, you, you'll see. And when, I don't remember when it happened exactly, if they rang the bells or what. And anyway, in these, are they deacons or what do they call them? They march into churches like soldiers. And it just seemed like they hit the floor as hard as they could. I was shocked. I thought, oh my goodness. I kind of, I remember I kind of laughed about it, but Merle didn't think that was a bit funny. And the kids, I had two boys. and. Doug started Sunday school at St. John's. I'm a Missouri Synod, grew up in Missouri Synod too. And we were going way out to my folks' church where I grew up and take him to Sunday school <laughs> so that we could all go to St. John. And Merle just said one Sunday, he said, this is ridiculous. You go by my church every Sunday to go to St. John's. And so that's when we joined Wayne. Okay, and do you know what, what year that was? Well, he'd been, he was born, Dad was born in 57. He'd probably been about six, five, six, probably 63, mm -hmm. 62, 63. Um, so when you first got here out of the people, how, how did the... Uh... Oh, they were very nice. I, I, of course, we knew a lot of them. Um, like Glenn and Riffles, and he and I are not in the same grade, but ran around the same group of people. And and Virgil, Virgil was in my grade. So we, I mean, there was a lot of people here at Dean Hoyan that we knew, so that was no big deal. But I, I was impressed that they used to have ball teams, didn't you have uh, baseball teams, softball teams? Because I know we used to go to different churches. Merle used to play ball. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I don't that, so. What do you remember about the old church building? Beautiful alder. George? Remember Karen's? Oh. When he walked out the back door, when he came out the door where the porch is now, he walked right over there, it wasn't 50 feet. Oh yeah, that was in, handy. He walked in the sanctuary. And the rear part of the church, sir. Karen, one time was gone. And of course us boys, we're in the church having her play on the organ. And uh, we coaxed her into doing the hoogie boogie <laughs> on the organ. <laughs> and Fred walked in. That was the end of us doing the wrong play. <laughs> that was Clara? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what other traditions do you remember from? from back in your early days at Wayne Zion? Well, we always had the, uh, <clears throat> to raise money for the church, we had the corn, corn harvest, you know, that was kind of fun to bring all the corn in for, and so resell it, you know, for the fun for the church. But I remember all that part, but. Okay. What have been some of the best parts of just being a member here at Wayne Zion? What do you? We when we came when we came back this last time. Of course, I've always wanted to come back. 
And uh, when they started changing around with ministers and stuff in our church, it was a good time. I said, Nancy, this is ready to go. And that's when we came back. So it's rather unusual, you know. I was confirmed on the 75th. And I came back 75 years later. <laughs> but you know, I had that interlude in there. But we always lived there, farmed there, and we knew all the pastors. And Wayne was blessed with good ministers. If you uh, were a part of that interview team who were interviewed and or the people behind the scenes that made that happen, we want you to stand now so we can recognize all of you. Thank you. You have blessed our morning, and uh, just so you know, on September 25th, you'll be able to see three hours of interview. We're going to have it playing all the time at the Burndy Center, so come back on September 25th and enjoy that. The other thing in connection with the uh, celebration is we have swag uh, for sale. And uh, we have towels, and we have pizza cutters, and cards, and we have the anniversary book. And uh, we hope that you'll uh, take some interest in, in buying those items. It helps us offset the cost for the banquet that we're going to have on the 25th. So I invite you to share in that. And then the other thing I wanted to share, and, and Pastor Karen didn't know this until just minutes before the service. And this was an idea that came to me this week from one of our staff members. We're going to take a donation for Arlo Schmidt. Arlo was the son of uh, parents and a sister who were gunned down and murdered at the Makokata Caves campsite. And uh, believe it or not, um, Arlo Schmidt in the school that he attends is right across the street from Karen's congregation. And I don't know if you want to share anything about that, Karen, but we're going to let her take this offering back to her community for Arlo, and you'll find the offering plate in the sanctuary or in the social hall before you receive cake. You Thank have you. something. Um, like Arlo that. and his sister Lula go to, went to the school right across. From, from our church, so our church is a safe space for that school, so they come over and practice. Um, Arlo is in our, our granddaughter's class at school. So last Sunday we had a prayer service for the staff, um, families from that, ch that school just to come over and sit for a while, so thank you. Yes, that's a big well, thank, deal. You. thank you. Thank you. I invite you to stand at this time and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing our ascending song and then go in for cake. And uh, our seniors that are here today, please make your way. We want to take a picture of you in the social hall, I believe. So we'll sing now.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.